Before we begin to lift up our hearts for the requests that have come in and the things that we need to talk to God about, I want to share the word that God's put in my heart for all of us. For those of you who are with us online, I know you'll agree with me when I declare we live in a time of great turmoil. We've got all the unrest that's created by the, the, the social injustice or the, the shootings that have been going on, uh, which we need to pray for the, uh, in Portland and Minnesota that they're having. Uh, each night they've been having looting and all kinds of things happening there. I think you'll also agree with me when I say that people are really angry and frustrated because of this pandemic. There are people that who, their lives have been totally turned upside down because of this pandemic. So many have lost their job. Some, pe some have lost their place of business, uh, their health. And with this anger and frustration, I know I shared this a while back, but there has been a significant increase in domestic violence in our nation. Mostly because we have so many frustrated and angry people who are at home and confined. And uh, here's another statistic that I came across. Last year, you would think that with people who are struggling financially uh, and having great difficulty with this, you would think with all that is going on with the pandemic uh, that this might not be the case, but last year, marijuana sales jumped by 70%. Where people, and uh, the people they're interviewing saying, well, I'm doing this to calm myself down. And so you have all of this turmoil and unrest that's going around in our nation. And that's why I believe the word that God has given us is so timely for us to remind you and I of who we are, who we need to be, and what he can accomplish as we call upon his name tonight. In Matthew chapter 5, verse 9, Jesus said, Blessed are the peacemakers, for they will be called children of God. Blessed are the, the peacemakers. The, the word peacemaker there means those who help restore peace and reconciliation. Those who help people find rest. Jesus said, blessed are those peacemakers, for they will be called children of God. Now, when Jesus said this, let's remind ourselves that the nation of Israel was under Roman rule at that time. And under Roman rule, there was great oppression and injustice, much like we see today. People's lives were difficult economically and financially because they were taxed at a very high rate. Corruption was everywhere. 
including the temple of God. And the Romans, well, the Romans felt that the Jews were less than human. So you had all this oppressive atmosphere and uh, because of this oppressive atmosphere, the people of God were waiting for Messiah. Their hope was in the one who uh, the scriptures spoke about that would come and in their minds would conquer Rome. In their mind would lead the armies of God into victory over the Roman Empire, setting the people of God free. That was the expectation of the Jews regarding the Messiah. And in that atmosphere, Jesus said, blessed are the peacemakers. So we need to ask ourselves, well, what did Jesus mean by that? When he said that in that day and age, was he talking about those who would rebel against Rome's rule. Again, in their, in their history, under Roman rule, uh, several rebellions uh, rose up uh, in their history and all, every single time, were put down uh, by Rome. And uh, so we have the question, was Jesus talking about uh, rising up and, to, and gathering together to rebel against Rome and, and be the Messiah that they were all expecting? In other words, did Jesus approve of violence as a means of securing peace? We find in Matthew's gospel uh, where in this 26th chapter, Jesus was in the garden of Gethsemane. And they had come, a mob had come with clubs uh, to arrest Jesus and Upon Judas giving Jesus a kiss, and that was the signal to the mob, when the one that I kiss is the one you're looking for. He's the one you're to arrest. And at the moment all that happened, they came and laid hands on Jesus. But one of the disciples, unnamed, uh, uh, drew his sword and cut off one of the servant's ears. Jesus turned in Matthew chapter 26, verse 52, and he says to that disciple, put away your sword, Jesus told them. Those who use the sword will die by the sword. In other words, Jesus saying, that's not how I operate my kingdom. That uh, violence is not the means by which you can secure peace. Now, Let's be honest, the disciple used violence trying to right an injustice. The disciple figured out, I've got this mob, they're coming to arrest Jesus, the Messiah. I've got to do something to stop this thing. And he resorted to violence thinking that he was doing the right thing. But Jesus declared that's not the way of his kingdom. In fact, if you read Verse 10 of Matthew chapter 5 in the Beatitude, Jesus goes on after he said, blessed are the peacemakers. Jesus goes on to say, blessed are those who persecute you and who, and who come against you, in other words, uh, because you're my disciple, because you believe in me. You're blessed if somebody gives you a beat down because you're a Christian. 
because you follow me. So in other words, Jesus wasn't talking about, well, you get back at them and defend yourself. No, he said, you're blessed if that happens to you. See, clearly, a peacemaker that Jesus was talking about doesn't use unrighteous means to attain peace. In God's kingdom, a peacemaker does not use unrighteous means to attain peace. So what did Jesus intend when he spoke about peacemakers? Well, I think that Romans chapter 5, verse 1 helps us where it declares, Therefore, since we have been made right in God's sight by faith, we have peace with God because of what Jesus Christ, our Lord, has done for us. Paul was talking about the fact that through the sacrifice of Jesus Christ on the cross of Calvary, because of his sacrifice and because of our faith in what he did on the cross, it is now possible for everyone who puts their faith in Jesus Christ to then have peace with God. Now, what does that mean? Well, peace with God means that you are now reconciled with God. That uh, before uh, you embrace Christ as your Savior, because of your sin, because of all of our sin, we were uh, at war with God. For the Bible says that the, that the sinful nature is hostile to God. It, it resists God. It rejects God's rule. And so we were hostile. And that word hostile, again, is a military term talking about we were at war with God. And so we were not in a right uh, relationship with God because of our sin. But since we've embraced Christ as, your, as our Savior, the benefit that that brings is peace with God, where we are now reconciled. We are back in full relationship with God. We are at rest. Our soul is at rest because our relationship with God is now fully restored. Now the Bible tells us in 2 Corinthians chapter 5, I'm going to begin reading in the 17th verse. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, the new creation has come. The old has gone. The new is here. Now listen, all this is from God who reconciled us to himself through Christ and gave us the ministry of reconciliation. That God was reconciling the world to himself in Christ, not counting people's sins against them, and he has committed to us the ministry of reconciliation. We are therefore Christ's ambassadors as though God was making his appeal through us. We implore you on Christ's behalf, be reconciled to God. And so we find the Apostle Paul is now saying that through what, uh, the, the finished work of Jesus Christ on the cross of Calvary, we have been reconciled to God. But now, 
because we've been reconciled to God, because we have been restored in our relationship with God, because now our soul is at rest, we have peace with God. Because of that now, God now uh, imparts to us the responsibility, the mission, if you will, that we have now become his ambassadors, and we are ambassadors that bring the message of reconciliation. See, peacemakers are reconcilers. They help people find peace with God. That is the mission of the church. See, we may not be able to change a person's physical life. We may not be able to change a physical situation that is causing somebody unrest. But we can, by the grace of God, be used by the God, be empowered by the Spirit of God to bring the message of reconciliation so that they may have peace in their soul. Because it is entirely possible, it is uh, for, for those who are currently at unrest, those who are in the midst of turmoil, to still experience peace. I'm talking about peace with God. That's why... You and I are reconcilers, peacemakers. We have the mission given to us by God to minister the gospel, to encourage people, to let them know you can have peace with God. You can have a restored relationship. And somebody said, yeah, but what about my circumstances? I can't tell you what's going to happen about your circumstances, but I know this. You can still have peace in spite of your circumstance. But that's only found in Jesus. No matter how much of marijuana you might smoke, you, won't not, you may have peace of mind because your mind is zapped out, but you won't have peace in your spirit, you see. That will only come when you embrace the finished work of Jesus Christ on the cross of Calvary, when you put your faith in what he accomplished there. So, today I want to talk to all of us about recognizing, remembering that we are ambassadors. We are ambassadors of the kingdom of God. And our main mission is the ministry of reconciliation. First and foremost, to reconcile people to God. Because in the end, if I could just be blunt, what does it matter if you can reconcile somebody's physical life, but they're still not reconciled with God? I mean, what have we gained in the end? Now listen, I'm not against helping people financially in the sense of uh, getting them out of an economic situation, if that's possible. I'm not against the church getting involved in social uh, issues uh, like what we're doing now. We're using our, our facility to, to uh, allow for the vaccine to be uh, here. We're working through ministries and using our facility to help people uh, who, who need food, get the food that they need. I'm all for that 100%. But that is not the primary mission of the church. The primary mission of the church is always, first and foremost, spiritual, in that we are to target the soul of man, not the physical life of man. Are you with me so far? Yes. Having said that, 
Let's go on to the next level of peace. And that is found in Hebrews chapter 12, verse 14. The Bible says, make every effort to live in peace with how many people? Come on, say it out loud. Everyone. And to be holy. Romans chapter 12, verse 17 and 18 says this. Do not repay anyone evil for evil. Be careful to do what is right in the eyes of everyone. If possible, as far as depends on you, live at peace with everyone. Both of these scriptures teach us something. Not only are we reconciled in that our mission is to reconcile people with God so that they may have peace with God, but our second uh, mission is for you and I to recognize that we have been charged by God as ambassadors of reconciliation to make sure as far as we are concerned for our part that no matter what our circumstance may be from our perspective we are doing everything possible to be at peace with everyone I love the completeness the wisdom of God's word. Because there's an, there's an intentionality there that we need to make sure we understand. God purposely made sure in his word, the word everyone is recorded. So that you and I are without excuse. Because how many know, we don't have a problem being at peace with people we like. We don't have a problem being at peace with people we agree with. But now, what about those we don't agree with? And what about those that hate us? Again, keep in mind, now here, the Apostle Paul was, uh, was, was writing uh, the one in Romans, and we, uh, it's believed he also wrote the book of Hebrews. The Apostle Paul is writing this at a time where Christians are being persecuted by the Roman Empire. The crazy man Nero is on the throne. Nero is using human beings to put on a, on a staff and, and pour oil on them and igniting them, using them as torches during the night to light the city. And here the Apostle Paul, under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit, saying, be at peace with them. Don't fight them. I don't want to see violence. I want to see you be at peace with them from your part. Yeah, but what about their part? Their part is not your responsibility. It's not on you. That's between them and God. What you don't want is to stand before God and have to answer for your part because it was, as much as it was possible, and it depends on you, you are not at peace with them. You see, we live in a time where, unfortunately and sadly, we've got Christians who are fighting one another because of either politics 
or socialism, whatever it might be, you name it. Some, there's a cause out there somewhere where all of a sudden uh, we got believers on uh, opposite sides and there's nothing but war. There's war of words going on where people are destroying people's character. And sadly, there's even physical violence. And people are trying to justify that because the goal is, well, there's injustice, and we're going to correct that injustice. We've had enough now. Yet we've just read that we're supposed to make every effort to be at peace with everyone. We just read that we're not supposed to repay anyone evil for evil. How many know tonight we need God? Come on. How many know this is not possible in our strength? We need a fresh outpouring of the Holy Spirit to conduct ourselves in a manner worthy of the gospel. Because it's the gospel of peace, not the gospel of violence. It's not the gospel of justice in the sense that we want, we want justice for everything. No, it's the gospel of peace. That's why we need to be careful. In Romans, he's saying, be careful to do what's right in the eyes of everyone. Have you realized that there are eyes that are always on you? And haven't you also realized, again, transparency time, that there are especially on you when you don't conduct yourself right? It's like they're waiting around, aha! They're always there, whether it's on the job, whether it's in your neighborhood, whether it's family members, and you're, you're at a family gathering, and you say something or do something, you shouldn't be like, ah, and you call yourself a Christian. They're right there waiting. Do what's right in the eyes of everyone. Be at peace with everyone. See, peacemakers, or reconcilers, to use my word for tonight, Make a concerted effort to live in peace with everyone, including their enemies. And it's interesting that Jesus said, peacemakers are the ones that are going to be called the children of God. What Jesus was expressing here is that peacemakers or reconcilers, it will be evident that they have the DNA of God in their life. People will know there is a child of God. Why? Because the evidence of their character is emanating. They are always conducted. Man, they never lose it. They never cross the line. They're not in that thing. They're not doing what everybody else is doing. They are the ones that are really the children of God. And by the way, the one who says this first is God himself. See, it's one thing for you and I to call ourselves children of God. It's also another thing when people call you a child of God. But it goes to a whole nother level when God looks down from his throne and saying, that's my son. 
Why? Peacemaker. Reconciler. Did you see that? They didn't treat that person as their sin deserves. And, and they're not crossing the line. No matter what that person is doing to them, they're not crossing the line. In fact, they're doing their very best to try to bring about peace in the relationship. That's my son. Did you see that? That's my daughter. And that brings me to the kingdom principle that by now you will know so well and that is that peace or reconciliation is a vital component of life. We can't live this life without peace. We can't live this life without peace. We can't be reconcilers. We can't help people find peace with God and peace with man if we don't have peace ourselves. You see, this kingdom principle, that, that peace or reconciliation is a vital component of life. And, and the kingdom of God is structured around peace and reconciliation. From the moment man sinned in the garden, God declared at that moment that he would bring about a plan that would bring peace and reconciliation. It is structural, integral to the kingdom of God. And therefore, we need to structure our lives around that. And why? Because you can't talk to somebody about peace if you're not walking in peace. Right? In fact, a, a little story with humor is uh, uh, several years ago, probably about 20 years ago, Pastor Durso, a pastor from New York, he was sharing that one time they were on, uh, he and his wife Maria were on a plane headed somewhere. I forgot where they were headed. And they hit a bad storm. And there was serious turbulence. You know the kind where all of a sudden you're here one moment and then you're down here the next moment? Well, people were getting a little bit concerned in the plane. And Maria started freaking out a little bit. And then she turned to her husband and said, Michael, you got to get up and you got to preach the gospel now to these people. They need to hear the gospel. And he looked at her and he said, and this is what he told her. He said, you want me to tell them that they could have the peace that you have right now? Is that what you want me to say? See, even pastors sometimes don't have wisdom in what they tell their wives. <laughs> Uh, but that is a true story. And I'm using it only because we can't bring the message of reconciliation, peace with God, and peace with man if we ourselves don't have that peace. We got to make sure we do that. Pastor Jason, would you come back up, please? One last verse, and then we'll pray. James 3.18 says, Peacemakers who sow in peace, reap a harvest of righteousness. See, tonight we're going to sow first in prayer. We're going to be praying for ourselves that the Spirit of the Lord will fill us to the measure that we will have power to be at peace with everyone, that we'll do our very best to live in peace with everyone.
I believe most of us here tonight are already at peace with God, and that's wonderful. But we need to make sure that we're also at peace with others so that God can then use us to be reconcilers, to bring this wonderful, blessed message of reconciliation to people, that they can be in a right relationship with God, and that his peace that passes all understanding can be able to guard their heart and their mind once they belong to the kingdom of God. Stand with me. Just play that quietly for a moment, Pastor Jason. Father, I come before you tonight. Your word is declared, blessed are the peacemakers, for they will be called the children of God. And we want to be peacemakers tonight. We want to be those who help people find reconciliation by finding peace with you, Father. But before we do that, we want to pray tonight for a fresh outpouring of the Holy Spirit in our life, God. Fill us with your holy power, oh God. Undergird us in such a special way, God, because we want to be the right ambassadors, oh God. We want to be living what, what we're supposed to be speaking, God. We want to be those that are, are living at peace with all everyone else, oh God. We don't want to have a turmoil. We don't want to be at uh, unrest between relationships with others, oh God. We want to be those shiny examples of what it means to be a child of God, to be part of the kingdom of peace. And we recognize, God, it's so easy to be at peace with people that you agree with and like. But, oh, it's another thing to be at peace with those who dislike us, with those whose views are so different than ours. And in this day and age of great turmoil, oh God, where there's unrest to the left of us and to the right of us, there's, tur there's turmoil in front of us and behind us. God, more than ever before, you are looking for a people that will be reconcilers. You are looking for a people that will minister reconciliation to this hurting world, to this lost world. Use us today, Father. Use us as you empower us, oh God. I pray, Father, that even now as we are in your presence, that if there is anyone that we are not in a right relationship with, anyone that we can begin to have that conversation with, to try to bring reconciliation, God, that we would do that, Lord. We want nothing to hinder the message of reconciliation, Father. So that's my prayer, God. That's our prayer tonight, Father. And God, we even now lift up our, our hearts before you for this nation, oh God. This unrest that's going on in Minnesota, 
and in the state of Washington, oh God, in Portland, uh, all the, the looting that's taken place, there's, there's such anger, oh God, there's such frustration, oh God, going on. There's, there's this domestic violence that's going on in the home, oh God, as people are frustrated and angry about how their lives have been turned upside down because of this pandemic, oh God. And people are trying to, to numb their pain and their anger and frustration using drugs and alcohol or some other form of distractions, oh God. Surely, this is the hour, oh God, where this nation needs the message of reconciliation. This nation needs peace. Make a way today, God. Begin in your house, oh God, with your people. Let the conviction of the Holy Spirit come upon every brother, every sister, oh God, that is uh, thinking that they can right a wrong with evil, oh God. They can rep uh, right an evil with more evil, and even though your word declares the very opposite of it, oh God, that we need to be careful that we don't fall into that trap. Lift up my brother. Lift up my sister who's in that trap right now, Father. We want to be a people that move in the, in the spirit of reconciliation. We want to be a people, Father, that speak words of peace, oh God, so that you and this world may look upon our life and we might be called children of God. The violent are not called children of God. The one at odds is not called children of God. And so, God, we want to bring glory and honor to your name. We want to honor you with everything that we say and everything that we do, Father. In the precious name of Jesus Christ, for his honor and for his glory. And all God's people said, amen and amen. Blessed be his wonderful name. Blessed be his wonderful name. Yvonne, I'm going to ask you to come get your mic, please, and come over here. There's a group that we have uh, not prayed enough for. That I'm going to ask my wife to lift up her voice and I'm going to ask you to agree with us tonight. And that's for those that are in the medical field. The doctors and nurses that are overwhelmed with long hours of caring for so many sick people, struggling to try to do what's right. And many of them, of course, have their own family at home, and yet they're denying their own personal time because our hospitals have been overwhelmed with so many sick people. So I want to lift up the medical community tonight. Would you agree with my wife as she prays that God would undergird them with his special grace and strength, helping them through these difficult times? I am so thankful that the God that we serve, the God of peace, the God of reconciliation, the Almighty, the great I am that I am, is so mindful 
of everyone. And tonight we lift up every individual in the medical field, regardless of their type of work. God, since last year and up until now, and who knows how much further, there is so much that they have done. There is so much they have endured, oh God. God, I know that they went into that field to help, oh God. And to be able to administer healing, Lord. But I know that I know they didn't expect to endure what they have endured. The lies that they have lost, God, and have been helpless, Lord. And I know that you will continue to uphold them. And so we gather tonight and we lift up our hands, Lord. As if we were lifting up their arms, Lord God. As they lifted up Moses' arms, oh God. Oh, Father, give them the strength that they need and the grace that they need, Lord God, to continue to press forward, to continue to open their eyes every morning or every evening and go out and do what they've been called to do what they've learned to do, oh God. I pray for the brothers and sisters in Christ that you will utilize them more than ever before to be a comfort and a strength to their co-workers, to speak life into them, to pray and intercede for them, oh God, to let them know that, that they're not alone, Lord God. Oh, Lord, do this. Be their comfort. Be their strength in every way possible. You see the tears that they have shed. Oh, God, you have seen even those that have felt they can't go any further. Oh, keep them safe. Protect their minds. Protect their emotions, Lord God. Keep them from depression. Keep them from wanting to end it, Lord God. Sadly, some have done that, Lord. So I pray to the God of all comfort and the God of all strength. Wrap your arms around them daily. Sometimes it has to be moment by moment so that they can press through, Lord Father. And then continue to impart wisdom and insight beyond their human capabilities to be able to discern, Lord God, the treatments that are necessary. Whether it's with COVID, cancer, diabetes, hypertension, Parkinson's, MS, or even, God, a stub toe. Keep them safe so that they may continue to be used, oh God, because it was your love and grace for us that you gave mankind the knowledge of medicine from days ago, Lord God, to tend to the ill and the sick, Lord, as you did, Lord God, with our brother Luke, 
I thank you for those that are a part of Belmont's family. Oh, my sisters and brothers, God, that are in that field. Help them, Lord. Provide for them. And use them to demonstrate that peace that we heard about tonight. Not humanistic peace, but that godly peace. And let it, God, saturate them so that everywhere they go, within those hospitals and clinics and everywhere else, the peace of God will emanate from them, Lord God, so that you will be glorified. And they will have opportunity to tell them, I know of the peace speaker. Let me tell you about him. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 I referenced this verse earlier. But it's good to read it as we're going to close in prayer for every whatever need you walked in this building with. For those of you who are with us on social media, whatever is pressing in your heart. The Bible says... Do not be anxious about anything. But in every situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your request to God. And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Father, we bring every need before you tonight. We're not anxious about them, God. There are some that are desperately in need of a job, oh God. There are some who feel that their they, doors cannot be opened. They've tried to open one door after another only to be have that door be shut on them, oh God. There are people who are struggling in their health. There are people, oh God, who have emotional issues, oh God. We lift all of these various needs before the throne of grace and we thank you tonight that you your throne is open to the cry of your people tonight we thank you that you sit on the throne of grace tonight oh god not the throne of the law but you sit on the throne of grace oh god you do for us what we cannot do for ourselves oh god your ear is inclined to the cry of your children and so we thank you for that tonight and we lift up every knee before the throne of grace tonight and we ask you father to move in a sovereign way let the hand of the sovereign lord move in a, in a powerful way in such a way oh god that no one could deny this was nothing less than the very hand of god god made a way where there wasn't no way god did this and to him be the glory and the honor that's what the testimonies that we want to hear god as we lift up every knee before you oh god and as we do God let your peace flood every heart and every mind God that our thoughts and our emotions will be saturated with the rest that comes from your presence with the rest that comes from knowing that we have lifted that knee before the Lord and what he hears he responds to and so we bless your name right now even and thank you for it all. 
in the powerful name of Jesus Christ. And all God's people said, amen and amen. Come on, put your hands together one last time for the Lord.